I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on the mistletoe, oh, what a beautiful noise. Grab a brew and talk KSU, cause here comes Bosco's Boys. boys are back and it is time for another episode i hope everyone had a great weekend i know k-state men's and women's basketball did and we will be touching on uh predominantly a lot of k-state men's basketball um we'll kick off here with a a little bit of football and then we'll end the show talking about k-state women's basketball as well first hope everyone is having a great monday um and again, just to preface it, of course, this at this time of the year, there's no good time to record an episode because news could be coming out. For full disclosure, recording this at 12.36 in the afternoon on Sunday, December 10th. Anything that happens after this, then, uh, then it is what it is. I don't anticipate any big enough news uh, dropping that I'm going to have to re-record anything. Um, but, you know... Uh, if some small stuff comes out, then so be it. Um, starting with football, um, again, no major news um, coming out about K-State offensive coordinator search. That leads me to believe, um, without any rumors coming out, without a ton of stuff coming out, I, I, I'm leaning towards thinking that there's a very real chance uh, Connor Riley's going to get the promotion. I don't know if that means uh, Josh Buford goes from analyst to quarterback coach. Um, I have heard that they're still kind of trying to fend off Colin Klein and Texas A&M from possibly uh, taking some K-State staff members. So we'll see what happens there. Um, 
it's going to be a nice little nice little battle. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, I'd imagine, I'd imagine, um, with signing day coming up, that we'll see some sort of announcement this week. Um, I'd be a little bit surprised if if K State football decided to um, continue to kick the can down the road. I, I'd imagine they would want something done before uh, you know Thursday, Friday of this week. Whether it is an announcement of promotions or if it's adding to the staff. Um, but look, I've never been in this position. I'm not a high-level college football coach. Um, so quite frankly, I'm just kind of guessing. I'm just kind of guessing. Um, so um, that's what it is. It is a guess. Um, when it talks, when it comes to uh, transfer portal stuff, um, RJ Garcia has entered the transfer portal again. Massive moment in that Big 12 championship. Um, I think he's always going to be remembered for that. Um, had a big moment or big game uh, to open up the season. Um, never really saw him live up to the p- potential of what we all hoped for. He was always a fan favorite. Tons of uh, charisma. Uh, contributed way more uh, to the social media uh, creative side of things than he ever really did on the field outside of you know that one big play in the Big 12 championship game. I'll always uh, have good memories um, of RJ for all that type of stuff. You guys know me. You guys know the show. You guys know the Boneheads. We love great stuff, fun stuff on social media. Um, so we, we really enjoyed that from RJ. Um, his little interview series this offseason was second to none. Um, and again, massive touchdown. Um, one of the biggest plays in the 2022 season. Um, so, um, we wish RJ the best, um, sucks to see, but again, um, moving out room and it sure seems like a lot of the tea leaves are pointing towards trying to find a couple plug and play ready to go big 12 caliber wide receivers to pair with Avery Johnson. Um, so I, I, I think that's where a lot of attention is going to go. Um, and I think they're really working hard and fighting some recruiting battles in the portal to find those wide receivers. Um, the last thing with football that I will touch on, again, nothing too crazy, but as of recording, it is the five-year anniversary of uh, hiring Chris Kleiman. Um, five years ago, uh, on December 10th, uh, he, he was the guy. Um Reflecting on that all, um, again, I, I remember being disappointed, um, but then quickly falling in line. Um, I, I think I learned from my initial disappointment um, back with Bruce Weber and then my excitement with Bob Huggins that uh, no matter what your reaction is, it's all out of your hands. You can be excited for someone and they can up and leave after one year or you can be disappointed and fight against something and they can go on to give you multiple Big 12 titles and make deep runs in the postseason. Um, I, I hope K-State fans uh, have learned over the years that uh, I'm not telling you to you know not fight for something, uh, but once it happens, once it becomes official, I think it is 
uh, smart for the fan base to fall in line and support the guy uh, or girl, whoever's hired, and hope that they can get things going, start pulling in the same direction. And I think what we've seen over the last five years with Chris Kleiman um, is exactly why you should do that. Again, so much disappointment early on, but the guy has a floor of eight wins um, outside of a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. Uh, he's already brought us a Big 12 championship. Um, it's looking like, you know, uh, at least fingers crossed, uh, you could have uh, two straight years in the postseason top 25. He's had K-State ranked every single season he's been at K-State. It's been a Hall of Fame hire. Uh, so no matter what happens, whether it's coordinators, assistant coaches, future head coaches, I would just say take that as a learning experience and say, hey, once the pen hits the dotted line, let's all start pulling in the same direction. Uh, And boy, am I happy that Chris Kleiman is our head coach, and I hope he is for a very long time. So shout out to Chris Kleiman. Shout out to Gene Taylor, best AD in the world. Um, And shout shout out to K-State fans um, because it's been a fun ride the last five years. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Moving into men's basketball, um, I mean, how about that game versus LSU? Um, first, I, I I I want to kind of level set again. I think it's almost I think it's kind of similar to Villanova. Um, I don't know how good LSU is going to be. Um, I would imagine they're not a tournament team. Um, you never know, um, but. Every time you can get a win versus another Power 5 opponent, I think that is something to get excited for. I think that is something to celebrate, especially on the road. Um, That said, on the road, um, (laughs) I mean, look, um, that's probably going to be the most sterile environment um, that K-State plays in this entire uh, season. I can't imagine any of the Big 12 venues... Uh, having less atmosphere than what they experienced down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Now, that that doesn't mean that there isn't value in it because, again, with uh, K-State, as we've seen quite a few times this year, um, the home crowd has kind of lifted K-State out of ruts. Um, it's not like there was an atmosphere working against them, but when LSU got it to five, three five points, I can't remember if it got down to three um, if or, or, or if it was just five, excuse me. Um, but you had to pull yourself out of uh, that situation. You had to pull yourself out of a rut. You couldn't look to the student section to hype you up to get things going. And K-State had to kind of bring your own juice. Um, you couldn't use uh, you know, s- some reverse osmosis stuff from, from a hostile away crowd. Um, so we're still going to have to wait and see. Um, how K-State uh, compares to a, to a crowd. You know, how are they going to react 
uh, when the crowd really gets going at Hilton? How's the crowd, or how are they going to react when uh, they have to go into Allen Fieldhouse? Um, I don't remember if they're going to Lubbock or not. Um, but those are like the three where it's like, okay, things could get hostile, things can get loud. Um, I don't really think it's going to get too wild in Austin, Texas, but hey, maybe it will. Um, BYU is going to be another place where, hey, it, it, it could it could get rowdy. So we're going to have to wait a while to see how they react when they're going up against a, uh, a crowd that is working against you. But I was happy to see them be able to pull themselves out of the little bit of a rut that we saw them get into. Um, before we talk more about, you know, that rut that seems to uh, rear its ugly head, um, I want to talk about something that isn't ugly, and that's Charlie Hustle. Look, on Saturday, they dropped the maybe the best, the single best piece of K-State merch they ever have. Uh, the knit sweater, uh, the old school crew neck knit sweater that they dropped is second to none. They have the Varsity K with the uh, state underneath it, K-State, with the two stripes on the sleeve. It is the single greatest sweater I've ever seen. I immediately bought one. I cannot wait for it to arrive. And I'm honestly, I, I'm going to have to try my best not to just wear it every single day because I know I want to be rocking that in T-Mobile Center here in a couple weeks when K-State's playing Wichita State uh, you know, for their uh, annual game in uh, Kansas City over the holiday break. So I can't wait to wear it. Um, it's going to be immediately one of my favorite pieces of K-State clothing I have. You guys should get over there because I, I guarantee there's sizes that are probably already sold out. So if that's something that you might be into, you better get over there quick. Also, be sure to check out all their new drops for their 12 Days of Hustlemas. If you act now, you can still get it in time for Christmas. Or if you live in Kansas City, go down to their shop down on the plaza as well. We had some boneheads even live tweeting as they went down to the Country Club Plaza in Kansas City, Missouri to pick up their K-State sweater as well. Folks, it is second to none. It is awesome. Even if you're not a K-State fan, they got, I think, like six, seven other schools. So if you have someone, if you have a loved one who might be an Arkansas fan, might be a Mizzou fan... Might be a KU fan, but you want to get them an awesome gift, check out charliehustle.com. Get over there today. Buy it now, literally as we're talking, so you can get it in time for Christmas. All right, let's start with the bad. Let's start with two things that are, I guess, two and a half. Two and a half, three things that I'm a little, uh, that, that I take away concern of before we talk about uh, the good. Uh, the first thing is, and again, this happened last year. And and this is probably one of those things that 98% of college basketball teams do. Um, But we watch K-State. We watch K-State every single game, two times a week. We are dialed in and we're watching every second. So it's probably a little bit more uh, obvious. It's the, the stuff about free throw shooting, offensive line play, penalties, all that type of stuff. When you're watching your team... Every single second, it is hyper-focused, and you realize it. K-State has this knack of going on extended runs where they just cannot score, and 9-0, 10-0, 11-0 runs um, happen, and big leads are absolutely erased. Or close games, you're now having to play from behind. Um, 
And I think the concerning part for me is we've seen this verse inferior teams. We, we saw it versus Bellarmine. We saw it versus Oral Roberts, Villanova, and then LSU. And that scares me a little bit because, again, once you get into Big 12 play, um, the chances are of you having a big lead on some of these teams, especially away from home, probably not very likely. Um, I think a lot of this stems from you don't have a streak stopper like you might have had last year, Marquise Noel or Keontae Johnson. But here's the thing. Even with those guys, it happened last year as well. Now, the good part about yesterday in that streak is, hey, it happened. They snapped themselves out of it. Then from that moment on, they did not let LSU uh, back into it. They turn it back on. They locked down on defense. And then from that moment on, there was no game. Um, but going on four or five minute stretches where you don't hit field goals, that's never going to be great. Again, they, K-State does a good job. Tyler Perry especially does a good job of getting to the free throw line, breaking some of this stuff up. But I I, I, I worry about that. It's, it's one of the few negatives from that game. Um, Speaking of Tyler Perry, another one of the negatives is, look, um, five out of the last six games from three-point, he's shot less than 33%. Um, Last year, he only had seven total games um, where he shot under 33% from three-point land. Um, I think at this point, it is fair to be concerned. I think it is fair to be worried. Um, because Tyler Perry legitimately is one of the best three-point shooters in the nation. Now, he hits some big-time threes, um, as we've seen you know, with some of these overtime games, where he wins the game or he sends it to overtime. Um, I think he's thinking too much. I think there's something going on in his head. He's getting inside his own head because, again, in the biggest moments where it's not even drawn up for him to shoot the three, he gets it, he has to let it go, and swish, it's in. Um, I, I think there's something going on. I hope he, he's able to get out of his head. Again, you have two more games versus uh, higher quality opponents with Nebraska than Wichita State. Neither of them are world beaters. Um, Nebraska got creamed by Creighton. Wichita State got their ass kicked by Missouri. Again, it shouldn't be games K-State's worried about losing, um, but you have those two, and then you have Chicago State, and then look, it's Big 12 play. Um, for K-State to reach its potential, you need him to snap out of it. Um, and I, 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 I hope he does. Now, when we start talking about the good here in a bit, there is still quite a bit of good with Tyler Perry. I'm not calling him a bust. I'm not throwing the towel in on him. But for K-State and for Tyler Perry to reach their highest potential this year, he has to get out of his own head. Again, because something is going on, and I I think it is mental, um, because he's getting open shots, but sometimes he's passing them up. I don't think when it comes to shot selection or even the shot volume, it is bad at all. But something's going on um, that's that's messing with his shot, because again... um, he, he is a lot better than that. He is a much better shooter than what we've seen, especially over the last six games. Um, because, again, five out of the last six, under 33%, only had seven of those games last year. We'll get to the good with him here in a bit. The final thing, and this is something that that is, I mean, 
just nuts. Um, how great K-State has been on the offensive boards. Oh, Scott, that's a good thing. What are you talking about? But we don't get the second chance points. I, I, I mean, there's one possession where I'm not kidding. I'm pretty sure K-State got five offensive rebounds on one possession and didn't get a second chance point. This is not the first time it's happened. It's been something that has been plaguing this team the entire season. Because And what's wild is, hey, this has been a relatively good offensive team. I, I think the offense is in front of the defense if you're talking about trajectory right now. Uh, but the fact that they're not able to get those second chance points has been maddening. Um, it, 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 we, we saw it. We saw it versus LSU, and uh, I was screaming at my TV. Chauncey was trying to lay on top of me, trying to calm me down, um, but I just wasn't having it. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens uh, moving forward, but, but those are the negatives that I took away from that game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now let's get into the positives. Um, first and foremost, you have to give it up to K-State for this one. Um, again, I like I said earlier, outside of if questions pop up uh, for a Q&A episode, um, I'm not going to dive back deep into the Naquan Tomlin drama. First and foremost, I am happy he graduated Um I'm not. I'm definitely not rooting against him. I hope he lands somewhere. If he wants to play college basketball this uh, winter or spring semester, I hope it's not in the Big Twelve. I, I'm. I'm not one of these people um, because I, I've seen it on Twitter uh, saying, "Hey, I hope he lands somewhere in the Big Twelve and he has a big game versus K State." No, I do not want that at all. Um, if he's going to play, I want him. Anywhere but the Big 12. You know, if he goes to the NCAA tournament, that's awesome. Uh, go somewhere where he can, uh, you know, get an NBA exposure. Yes, please. Go for it. Um, I am not, 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 not one of these people who are like, oh, yeah, let him go to the Big 12 and that'll show President Linton. No, sorry. No. I cheer for K-State. I don't cheer for individual players. Um, I'm not going to root against the interests of K-State men's basketball um, to, to prove some sort of point. Nope, not going to do it. Glad he graduated. If he wants to play college basketball, please go somewhere outside of the Big 12. Uh, but everything that was going on, because here's the thing. There obviously was stuff going on. Uh, Tyler Perry driving Naquan uh, to the little protest. Jerome Tang and Jareem Dowling showing up. To tell folks, hey, go home, let's not do this. The multiple releases, Jerome Tank doing a video, all sorts of stuff was going on. And, and, and again, I we don't have to get into the drama to, to say, hey, there were distractions. I have no doubt in my mind that in the heads of the players, in the heads of the coaches, 
you know, the administrators, everything. There were 110% were times this week when they probably would have rather been thinking about, you know, game planning for LSU, getting ready for LSU, getting ready for this game that had to be taken up by other things. And I don't want distractions. No one should root for distractions. None of that. But I think it says a lot about uh, this team, the way they're able to rally around each other, the way they're able to close ranks in a positive way and get through some of those distractions. Because here's the thing, in, in a college basketball season, it starts in October. It, you, the aim, you, you don't want it to end until April. It is a long season. There's a ton of games. There's going to be stuff that pops up. And, and honestly, it's not always going to be stuff that pops up uh, you know, that that's going to be a major thing. You're going to get a bad grade on a test if you're a player. You might have your girlfriend break up with you. If you're a coach, hey, you know, you, you, you might get into an argument. You, you, you might have stuff going on in your personal life. And uh, again, when, when it's college football, when it is all building up, when everything is culminating in one game a week, when everything is a routine where you're able to lock it down, it's probably easier to come compartmentalize a handful of times a year. But when you're playing 30, 35 games, when you're having to uh, have different schedules, because it's not always just Saturday. You know, it's not always uh, an easy, nice schedule. Sometimes you're playing on Monday. Sometimes you have a long layoff. Hey, even this year, I think you have one week where you're not even playing a midweek game. Everything is different. You know, you have coaches that are out recruiting. You're bringing folks in. Hey, sometimes you're practicing without your coaches because they're off, you know, on a recruiting visit. It is a lot less structured. It is a lot less, you know, A, B, C gets you to game day. There is a lot of stuff going on for a college basketball season. So if they're able to prove that, hey, you know, we have all this going on. We can lock down. We can focus in. We can rally around each other and get the mission done, get the job done, turn it on on game day. I think that says a lot about the culture and the leadership uh, from Jerome Tang from the top down. You can say whatever you want about the situation, but Jerome Tang has, has at least shown uh, to the public and to his team, hey, we're able to get through this and follow my lead and we can get there. I think he's still looking for leaders on the court. And I think in any sport, I think any sport, especially in college athletics, uh, you need someone on the team. You need one of the players to pick up the mantle and say, I am the leader. Let's get this done to reach your ultimate goal. But I think Tang is able to be that light to get through some of this uh, craziness that has been going on over the last week and a half. And I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be 110% honest with everything that was going on. I thought that they were going to go in, and I thought there was a real chance that they could just get blitzed and lose versus LSU. I thought they were either going to lose in blowout fashion or they were going to win in blowout fashion. I did not think this was going to be a close game late. Now, again, it was a single-digit game at the under-four timeout. K-State pulled away. Um, but, but I thought it was going to go one of two ways, and I'm glad it went the way it did. So that is something I'm very pumped about. The other thing I'm pumped about is, again, Cam Carter 
Um, he is taking things to the next level. And I was I was a little worried. I didn't know if Cam was going to be able to take things uh, and, and take that next step and be a star and be a possible all-Big 12 contender. And, and he has. He 100% has. And he put on a show, an absolute show, back in his home state of Louisiana. I, I, I think back... To, I think it was, man, I, I could be misremembering this. Folks can yell at me if they want. And, and if I'm wrong, that's fine. But I, I'm pretty sure K-State played a road game back in Chicago. Uh, Jacob Poland's senior year. And I, if memory serves me right, he, he didn't play very well. He didn't play very well. And I think it says a lot about Cam Carter being able to Go back home. Go back to his home state. Play, uh, you know, against a team that I'm sure he really wanted to, to to play at. I'm sure he really wanted to be an LSU Tiger. It didn't work out, but the guy put on a show. 21 points, 4 assists, 8 rebounds, only 2 turnovers, had a block as well. Excuse me, he had 4 turnovers, had two two steals. 7 of 18 from the field. 3 of 9 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Um, It it truly was, especially that first half, was a masterpiece. I I think, I could be wrong, I think he had 15 or 17 in the first half. And this is what worries me a little bit about uh, this team. Cam had to go 39 minutes in that game. he, He maybe didn't have to, but he did. He went 39. He went 42 versus Villanova. 43 versus North Alabama, 41 versus Oral Roberts, 21 versus Central Arkansas, 38 versus Miami, 44 versus Miami, uh, excuse me, 44 versus Providence, 33 versus South Dakota State, 34 versus Bellarmine, 28 versus USC. Cam Carter is playing a ton of minutes, and I think we saw in the second half that the fatigue got to him a little bit. His shots were coming up a little bit short, um, and we saw that massive point explosion in the first half. Didn't quite get there in the second half. And I do worry, um, because again, the the minutes have completely closed up. Day-Day Ames gave you 20. RJ only gave you 8. And I'd imagine once Quez Glover gets up to speed, if he gets up to speed, because again, folks, he he is he didn't get a non-con. He, he's going to come back probably debuting uh, for uh, you know Big Twelve play. It's going to take a while for him to get up to speed. Um, are we going to be able to keep Cam Carter's legs fresh enough? Are we going to be able to get Tyler Perry's legs fresh enough to make a run? deep in the season that is a little bit of a worry for me but uh look he 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 played i mean he he played the best half of basketball maybe individual half of basketball um that we've oh well kaluma's first half versus villanova was pretty special as well um but but one of the best halves of basketball we've seen at k-state uh, this year, and, and you're happy for the kid. You could see it on his face in post game media. You could see it on his face during the game. He was just happy to be out there and playing well. And again, he was unstoppable in that first half. He could not be stopped. And and and, and 
Cam Carter rising to this level and if he can keep at that level, and again, if he can uh, sustain this level and be someone who can be dangerous in both the first and second half, um, the heights of this team could you know, still make up for Naquan Tomlin never rejoining this team. You know, it can still get to the point where maybe this can be a five or six seed team if Cam Carter can sustain this level of play and uh, really uh, keep something in his bag, keep a little tricks in his bag for each of the second half. So I, I was so pleased with Cam Carter. And again, Arthur Kaluma is now playing at the level we all thought he would. Six of eight from the field, three of four from the uh, uh, three-point line. And again, his last few games, 20 points uh, versus Central Arkansas, 20 points versus Oral Roberts, only 12 versus uh, uh, North Alabama, but 26 uh, versus Villanova, 17 versus LSU. Field goal percentage, 75, 76, 10%. Woof. Was not good versus North Alabama. But then 53 and 63%. This guy has been an absolute bucket. Uh, almost perfect from the free throw line through this entire run. Uh, 11 rebounds, 9 rebounds, 8-8-8. Eight, eight, eight. Again, he is what we all hoped for. Arthur Kaluma, after a slow start, and again, that North Alabama game was bad. <laughs> I mean... No need to sugarcoat it. It was an ugly game versus North Alabama for Arthur Kaluma. But he is on an absolute heater and living up to the expectations that we all hoped and thought he could. Um, I am pumped for it. I am here for it. And I think it is something to be celebrated. Also, Will McNair, again, look if, if you look at 13 points, again, he is now finding an efficient game on offense where he is able to be depended on for a score to be a scorer, and he's not taking dumb shots. He's taking them at the rim, and he knows exactly what it is. You know, he has his move. It's a little hook, or he can dunk the ball or do a layup, but he's not going to force it. The thing I like about him, at least in the last couple of games, uh, pr- probably the last three games, really, going back to Oral Roberts, he understands who he is as a player. If he can't get to the position where he needs to, to be able to be a a possible scorer, he's not afraid to toss it back out and go from there. Um, I know David Gasson catches a lot of heat. I don't, look, I'm not going to like try to, I'm not going to try to hype him up too much. He does work like crazy on, on, on the boards. He had seven rebounds. Um, he doesn't shoot the ball much, usually layups. He was 3 of 4 from the field, 0 of 6 from free throw, and they're ugly. Uh, but but I, I think we're going to need David. It's not think. We are going to need David Gasson um, to be a player. We're going to earn the level of trust needed. We haven't seen him in a few games. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to be an answer. Um Drell Colbert is just nothing more than, uh, you know, a few fouls in seven to ten minutes. So Gasson is going 20 to 25, 30 minutes every single game. Um, so you got to hope that he, he gives you a little bit more. Um, 
again, he knows who he is. Uh, the three turnovers are a little frustrating. Again, he was able to grab boards. The free throws are disgusting. Um, but but it is what it is. Uh, we talked about my concerns with Tyler Perry shooting the ball. Um, and, and that it's not great. But where Tyler Perry makes up for it, and he's not he's not Marquise Noel distributing the ball. But his assist rates, his assist to turnover rates, his field, uh, free throw percentage and free throw rate all make up for uh, the, the lack of shooting accuracy in his field goal percentage and three-point percentage uh, so far. Um, does it completely cancel it out? No, but it does make it so he is still a very net positive player uh, when he's out there on the court. Again, um, for him to realize his potential as a potential All-Big 12 guy, and honestly, it's him and Arthur Kaluma uh, have the talent to be All-Americans. Whether they'll get there or not, I don't know. But for him to reach those heights, and honestly, I think for K-State to reach their heights, it's going to depend on him turning or, turning it around as a three-point shooter. Um, but if he can keep up his distribution, if he can keep that assist-to-turnover ratio being positive, if he can continue to be ice-cold, or not ice-cold, ice in the veins, just money. We'll just say, hey, if he can stay money from free throw line, and if he can continue to get to the free throw line six to ten times a game, that's going to make up for uh, you know cold shooting nights. And again, I think this starting five is it going to uh, you know go head to head with 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 you know one and two seeds? No, probably not. But I think they're all capable, and I think that is important when you aren't going to be able to depend on much from your bench. Now, I think Day-Day Ames and I think RJ Jones are both going to be capable of surprising you and going off for 12 points uh, off the bench at times. I'd like to think that Buddy Rich could also be that guy, but again, um, seeing that he's been iced out of the rotation... Um, versus your power program non-con games, um, that doesn't leave me with a ton of confidence um, that that's going to come to fruition. Now there's still a little time. Maybe he's in the doghouse, and once he gets out of it, he's going to you know go for 20 on Nebraska and have a couple you know highlight jams versus. Uh, you know, Wichita State, and then once we get to Big 12 play, he's good for eight points and six rebounds in 15 minutes every game. I would love it if that happens. Um, but 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 I'm just not I'm just not going to hold out a ton of hope for it. So when you have the lack of firepower coming off of your bench, you need to have four starters that you can say, hey, I need you to go out and get me double digits um, every single night. And I think that is the situation where we're in. And I think that folks, um, I, I think that folks are getting excited at that. I think you know Will McNair probably uh, one of the the best kind of pure post guys since DJ. Um, you know I, I I love Thomas Gibson. I, I think that you know Thomas Gibson, uh, Will McNair, DJ. Um, I, I think all three of those guys are a little bit of the same cloth. Look, they're energy guys. You can depend on them to get, uh, you know, 10 and 8 almost every night. 
Uh, and I think that is an important thing uh, because you're putting a lot of weight on your top three guys to be scorers, especially if David Gasson is going to go 0 of 6 from the free throw line, lane, or free throw line. So uh, I, I think you're going to need that from Will McNair, and I think you're going to need Cam Carter and Arthur Kaluma to continue to play at this level, and then you got to hope Tyler Perry can uh, increase it. Um, the final thing before we, we talk about some stuff not directly associated with the LSU game, um, holding them to 60 points, I thought that was pretty good. I thought that this was one of the better defensive performances on the game. Now, you look at, uh, you know, you, you sent them to the free throw line 15 times. That's something you can live at. Um, you kept them right at 30% from three, kept them at 41.5% from the field. You turned them over 15 times. Um, those are all things you like to hear. Now, we turned the ball over more 17 times. Again, Cam Carter had four. Um, Tyler Perry had four. But again, when you have, what was it, 15 assists? Uh, okay, well, that's not great. But you held them to 10 to 15 as, assists to turnover. So, I mean, look, it, it balances out. I, I thought it was a pretty good night defensively. They are contesting shots. They were not giving up the lane. Um, I was overall very pleased with how they played defense, and I think that is what needs to come along for this team to be at their most dangerous. I, I think we've seen some of the very bright spots when it comes to this uh, squad, how they're able to score the ball. I think it comes down to if you can lock down, if you can really have a, a night where you're holding them to a below-average offensive uh, uh, performance, um, you you got to think that you are confident enough in your offense to, to think you're going to win that game. Again, I don't think ultimately if one of Villanova, LSU, Wichita State, and Nebraska make the tournament, I'd probably be a little shocked. I think Villanova probably has to be that team. Um, you know, so so again, you're not playing um, any. You're not playing uh, elite teams by any means, but you're playing power program. Um, athletes, you're going to get that test, final test versus Nebraska, and then um, a, a little bit of a heated game versus Wichita State as well. Um, so if you can keep that going, if we can see that defense uh, take another step or two over the next couple weeks, I think that's going to be massive. Um, before we talk about what a little bit of Twitter discourse that kind of got my brain going, um, let's give a shout-out to Manhattan Brewing Company. Uh, folks, we're going to have a fun uh, piece of content not on our channel, but I, I would just say stay subscribed, or if you're not, go subscribe to the 1012 Network on YouTube. Uh, there might be some fun content uh, revolving Manhattan Brewing Company coming soon. So that's a little bit of a tease. Um, get into the brewery here. Uh, what? I don't know if they'll be open before the K-State Nebraska basketball game, but stop in afterwards. Make that part of your tradition, your game day tradition for basketball season. Whether you're going to see Jeff Mitty and Aoka Lee's K-State women's basketball program, whether you're going to see Jerome Tang and Cam Carter's men's basketball team, stop in at Manhattan Brewing Company and get a couple pints before the game. And again, this is the week. Wabash Ale, a collaboration with Wildcat NIL, is coming to the shelves all across the state and inside the brewery. 
brewery. Portions of proceeds going to Wildcat NIL. So make everyone happy. Sell them out. Make that their highest selling beer of all time. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company in person at the tap room or at your local liquor store. If it's not in your local liquor store, be polite. Talk to whoever orders and manages the craft beer, but get it in there as well. So I had a little bit of discourse on Twitter, um, and it was uh, Purple Hazen, you know, the good doctor. Shout out to Hazen. Um, And he had a tweet basically saying, hey, look, I don't know if we're going to get to the Elite Eight. I don't think we're going to get to the Elite Eight. That's impossible to tell. But he thinks that this team can be better than last year. And there was a bit of a back and forth um, and, and Jimmy came in from the top rope, pointing out that we're higher in, or we're, we're we have a better ranking with Ken Palm right now than we did last year. Um, and, and I think I think it is an interesting thought exercise. It's something interesting to go through. And uh, look, it, before the Tomlin situation, coming into this year, even. I was saying similar things. I, I was saying that, hey, you might be able to depend on going deeper into a rotation. Or, hey, you might be able to have more guys on your roster capable of scoring 15 to 20 points uh, in any given night. And I think a lot of this comes from the the uh, thought that, hey, your number three guy on any given night this year is better than it was last year. And I can I can give into that. Let, let's just say for, for the thought exercise that we're saying this year's top three players in order are Cam Carter, Arthur Kloom, and Tyler Perry. You can switch stuff around. You can do whatever. And you're comparing it to last year's, uh, you know, Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson, and Desi Sills. Of course, if you're comparing Desi Sills to this year's Cam Carter, to this year's Arthur Kaluma, or this year's uh, Tyler Perry, I think you're going to go with this year's version. I think that you are saying, hey, you feel a lot better with whoever your third option is. Um, And I agree with you 110%. 110% I agree that whoever... Uh, you lock in to be your third option this year um, is better than Desi Sills last year. Now, it's not to take a shot at Desi Sills, um, and this is not taking away anything from from him. I think he was a, a, a very good player for us, uh, an integral part of the, the team for us. Uh, there are games you don't win last year without Desi Sills. This is not me taking a shot at Desi at all. But no matter how you shake it, whoever your number three player is, um, it, it is better than Desi Sills. Where I had a conversation um, with Jimmy, uh, Twitter DMs, and kind of the point I was getting at on Twitter as well, is is the delta, is the positive difference between your number three player this year versus last year enough to make up for the negative difference between whoever your number one, number two, number four, and number five player were last year. Because I think we can all agree, Marquise Noel last year better than Cam Carter this year. Keontae Johnson last year better than Arthur Kaluma this year. And I think, I think, I'm pretty sure we would all say, hey, Naquan Tomlin last year better than McNair this year. Will McNair this year. 
I, I think we'd all agree with that. And then it kind of comes down to, okay, is David Gasson this year versus last year? Um, how, 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 do, how do we go about that? Uh, or was Bebe last year? Um, and then you start looking also coming off of the bench. Um, how do the benches compare? Now, especially once uh, you know Desi was inserted into the starting lineup, um, not a, a, a big-time bench for either squad. Um, I, I don't think that we have quite seen uh, enough from Day-Day Ames or RJ versus the better teams on the schedule to really say, hey, yeah, you know, you can depend on them in a tournament game. And uh, we have no idea what Quez Glover is going to look like. So I, 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 I ha- it's an interesting conversation. And the, the fun part about it is, the fun part about it is, living in this current year with it, um, the fun part is you have three guys who on any given night could be the guy. And you would feel okay with it. Um, if you had to say, hey, Desi Sills has to be the guy last year, you're like, yeah, he, he can do it, but I'm not going to feel great. If you're telling me in any given game, hey, Cam Carter has to go out and be the guy. Hey, Kaluma has to go out and be the guy. Hey, Perry has to go out and be the guy. I'm feeling all right about that. So I, I don't think that this team is better than last year. Uh, basketball is a crazy thing. That's not to say they can't make it to the Elite Eight. That's not to say they, they won't be ranked at some point. I just don't see it. Um, some people do. Uh, it, it was a tweet that a lot of people liked. Uh, and if folks want to argue with me, that's fine. I, I am open to hearing that I'm wrong. I just have not seen enough from this team. And, and here's the thing. Here, here, here's the fun part about it is you can look back to last year and say, well, I mean, what? They got blown out by a bad Butler team last year, and they were playing a lot more teams in the 300s versus the 200s and 100s in the non-conference. That is 110% correct. This team has already played better teams than last year's did. Now, still not great teams. <laughs> you know, if, if you're saying that, you know, there's a chance that, you know, Villan- well, and heck, Villanova... That, that was a pretty good game. And, you know, Miami and USC also better than anyone we played last year. Um, but we weren't really competitive in those games. Um, so I, I'm here for it. I, I'm here to say, hey, you can't take anything away from last year. You, we still haven't seen what this team can do versus Big 12. That is 100% true. And I am open to being wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope as this te- season goes on, we see a level of talent, we see a le- level of com- competitiveness that we say, hey, you know, this team might be better than last year. Again, just because you're better than last year doesn't mean you're going to go deeper in the deeper in the NCAA tournament. Doesn't mean you're going to finish better in the Big Twelve, have more weeks ranked, all that type of stuff. Um, so, so just because uh, if this team doesn't have some of those accolades doesn't doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. Um, I don't see it yet, but hey, the the fact that that you can make arguments for it, um, and they're not crazy arguments, by the way. I'm not saying anyone who thinks that's an idiot by any means. The fact that you're able to make these arguments does make it fun, and, and I, I'm really looking forward to Big Twelve play. And again. Things things were very dicey again. Three straight overtime games, um, so maybe this is a bit of a pendulum swing um, by some folks on Twitter. Um, 
but look, that, that's the fun part about basketball. Again, uh, we talked about earlier um, the grind, the build up to every Saturday during college football. The fun part about college basketball is, hey, you're get usually getting multiple games a week. Now we have to wait uh, all the way till this coming Sunday to see K State take on Nebraska. Uh, you know that's going to be a uh, long wait, uh, but I'm looking forward to that wait, and I'm I, I honestly it's going to be fun. This is going to be a very fun. Uh, season, I, I truly believe that because you're right there. You have a team that is going to be good enough uh, to get to the NCAA tournament. Is, is it going to be a little bubbly? Maybe. It, it very well could be. Uh, but they play entertaining basketball, and, and you just got to love this staff, and uh, I'm pumped for it. I'm pumped, and I can't wait to keep things going. Um, all right, we're going to end the show. We're, we're going to talk a little bit K-State women's basketball. Before we do, of course, shout out to our great sponsors, Manhattan Brewing Company. Talk to your local liquor store. If you're here in the state of Kansas, if they don't have some four-packs from Manhattan Brewing Company, say, hey, can I talk to who makes your uh, craft beer decisions? Just say, hey, I, I'd like to see Manhattan Brewing Company in here. And then make sure you check them out every time you're in Manhattan. And then, of course, Charlie Hustle. Look, if you act fast, you still might get it by Christmas. Buy yourself something. One for them, one for you. Buy something for someone else. Buy something for you as well. You deserve a little Christmas present from yourself to yourself. Go check them out. All right, uh, K-State women's basketball absolutely puts it on Missouri. K-State women's basketball has shown that they are a top top 10 team. Excuse me. They... is a crime against women's basketball. The K-State women's basketball is only ranked 13th. And they absolutely put it on Missouri. And again, this is a Missouri team. They were 7-3 and three coming into that game. Um, did they have anything that was overly impressive? No. Um, but they're an SEC team. They are a team that wants to be getting into the NCAA tournament. And you showed that they do not even belong on the same floor. 84-56. to 56. It was pure domination. Aoka Lee hardly played at all in the second half. 28-9. Serena Sundell just a stone's throw away from her hometown. 11 points, 8 assists. She was saddled with a ton of foul trouble in the uh, in the first half. But again, uh, Jalen Glenn's the only starter who played more than uh, 27 minutes. Got a lot of time for uh, the bench players. Uh, Gisela Sanchez, uh, who is the Spaniard, who had a great summer playing in FIBA. She had eight points, four or seven from the field. Uh, the true freshman who uh, is just turning out to be just a star in the making, Taryn Sides from Pittsburgh, Kansas, 20 minutes off the bench, eight points, six assists, four rebounds, um, just having a big game. Folks, this is an entertaining team. This is a great team. I think the K-State women's basketball team is worth taking time, scheduling around to try to get into Bramlage or watch them on ESPN+. Their next game, 4 p.m. on Saturday versus North uh, Florida, then uh, Monday the 18th versus Oral Roberts, and then Wednesday the 20th before a break uh, and Big 12 play gets started. Look, they're going to put up big numbers. It's going to be stat stuffer time uh, through the balance of the year. I don't think Cincinnati's going to be any good, um, but it's all building up 
to Saturday, January 13th. Texas, who is the preseason favorite for the Big 12, coming into Bramlage. Now, you're having to play Houston, UCF, Oklahoma. There's going to be Big 12 games that are going to be tricky leading up to that. But folks, that is going to be a massive game. I think folks should really try their best to get into Bramlage for that one and really show out the final time that the Texas women are going to come to Manhattan. Um, So put that in your schedule. Be looking towards that game and see if you can make it happen on a Saturday afternoon versus Texas. I think it's going to be worth your time to try to make it to that game. Um, Absolute superstars. Truly, Aoka Lee cannot be stopped. And again, if you can... Because, again, it was like all Aoka Lee in the first half. But then the three-point shooters, Glenn, Sundell, Gregory, really sides, turned it on in the second second half and folks if you can get best of both worlds this team again i'm not going to say final four contender uh, because look you run into south carolina that's going to be a tough one um even ella i mean look there are some just absolute monsters in women's basketball but we've seen what we can do against iowa you know held up there as one of the best teams This team has something special. This team can be a Big 12 contender. This team can be a top four seed contender. That means hosting games in Bramlage Coliseum. Um, Buy your stocks now. Watch them on TV. Listen to them on the radio. It is 100% worth it. Um, And again, who doesn't love just beating the shit out of Missouri? Just beating the shit out of Missouri. Absolutely loved it in St. Joe. Um, we're not going to talk about the quality of the camera work on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, luckily, what, the next three games in Bramlage Coliseum. So we'll get the K-State HD TV team on that game. Um, so check them out. Again, uh, the Big 12 is loaded for bear. Again, there are one, two, three, four, five, six undefeated teams. Two other teams ranked inside the top 15. Uh, It is going to be a battle in the Big 12. um, But I think the K-State women have what it takes to really make some noise and compete for that Big 12 championship. So uh, tune in. Again, try to to put a little bit of effort into really following them, especially when Big 12 play comes up. And again, I I really think uh, with that game versus Texas, uh, halfway through January, midpoint in January, that's going to be an absolutely massive game. That's all we have. Uh, first and foremost, still a happy Hanukkah to those celebrating. Merry Christmas, happy holidays as we're in this time of giving. Uh, look, there was a time, I think back in 2019, we briefly had a Patreon. And folks that have, have said uh, probably a handful of times uh, a month, hey, why don't, why don't you do patreon why don't you do something that we can contribute to um we have sponsors we have great sponsors we're with sports social the largest sports network in uh europe thanks to our partnership with the 1012 network we have two great sponsors um i i don't need your guys's money i i hope to make partnerships uh where you guys can you know see all the great stuff going on at charlie hustle and manhattan brewing company that's enough for me 
I'm never going to ask you guys to do a Patreon. I'm never going to ask you guys to contribute money directly to me. That's not what I have ever been about. That's not what this podcast is about. I'm not going to take shows, put them behind a paywall, and try to get you guys to give me money. What I would ask you to do this week, if you have ever thought, hey, if those guys did a Patreon, if Scott did a Patreon, I'd be willing to donate money. Or I would be willing to pay for these episodes. I would like you to consider whatever amount you you would think about giving me um, for extra episodes. Or if I did a Patreon or something like that. Just consider uh, what you'd be willing to do. And and pay that to a charity that is near to your heart. Um, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I, I want you to do something that means something to you. Um, you know, for me, you know, it's some of the local dog shelters, uh, local Episcopal churches, uh, different charities uh, that, that work with, you know, the, the community here in Kansas City or back in Topeka, um, you know, the, the School of Business. Those are some of the spots that I have donated money to uh, this year. I'm going to make some charitable donations during this month of December. Um, so I, I would just say, hey, I'm not going to do any Patreon. I'm not putting stuff behind a paywall. I will never do that. That's not what what I'm going to do on this show. But I am going to ask you to consider making a charitable donation. Um, Even if you do give to charity, hey, an extra five, ten bucks, even in a, you know, a a Toys for Tots donation, anything during this time, just a little bit of extra um, during this holiday season. So that's my spiel. That's all I have. I'll probably say it a few more times throughout this this time. Um, but, But above all, like I said, we're still, uh, you know, I think when you guys are listening, it might be fourth or fifth day of Hanukkah. Christmas is coming around. Happy holidays. Um, I, I love you guys. This this truly is the, the connection we've all made over the last uh, however many years we've been doing this show it has meant the world to me. Um, so thank you. And again, consider, consider making a little bit of a donation here or there. Um, in this build up to the the Christmas time, end of the year. Um, so yeah, that's my spiel. For Chauncey, the best dog in the world, for the best family in the world, for the Boneheads, the best podcast in the world, my name is Scott McFarland. Merry Christmas. We love you guys. And go Cats. Hey, on Christmas, that the Lord will see me through. I pray on Christmas. Worked out. I pray on Christmas. I pray.